Good morning and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's perspective for your problems. Good to see you. This is Pastor Richard Lejeune. This is Pastor Curtis King. Uh, hey, good buddy. Good to see you this beautiful day. What's the weather like in Connecticut today? It is a nice cloudy day. I think it's supposed to, sun's supposed to come out for the first time in two days here. Um, obviously on the day of our recording, but it's, it's, uh, it's nice and cool outside, but not too cold. It's a little balmy over here today. Just a little bit. Uh, you, you just kind of, kind of feel it a little bit, you know, um, I, I walked into the auditorium this morning and thought, oh, it just feels kind of sticky in here. And I went over to turn the air up to get up to 70 and it was um, 68 in here. And I thought it, it feels warmer than that. So, but, you know, hey, I got nothing to complain about. You know what I'm saying? I live in America and I'm talking to my good buddy, Richard. So what, what do I have to complain about? <laughs> well, nothing, uh, obviously. <laughs> uh, man, I've been around the world and back since we did this. Okay. I, I literally ate meals in seven different states last week. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. All and by I, car or did you fly? Uh, we, we, well, we drove uh, to uh, uh, Vermont and uh, uh, you, have you been to Daniel's church? Daniel Anderson's church, Bow Baptist. Okay. It's right on the Connecticut river and right across the river is New Hampshire. So we spent almost as much time in New Hampshire as we did in Vermont then I drove Janet to the Boston airport. We ate lunch in, in Massachusetts. And then we um, uh, went down to uh, buy some flooring in Baltimore. So went through Pennsylvania and ate there and ate in, in Baltimore. And, um, and then we, last Friday night, we went to see Bethany's volleyball game in Connecticut. So, man. <laughs> You've been on the move. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Well, I, I yeah. haven't, uh, traveled halfway around the world, but my wife and children have, uh, okay. I dropped them off at the airport in, uh, Newark, New Jersey yesterday morning, and they flew to Lima, Peru. Oh, I didn't um, realize that. Well, I knew it was coming up. I didn't realize it yep. was happening. Okay. All and, right. uh, boy, I have to tell you the, uh, hoops you have to jump through in 2021, <laughs> living in the era of coronavirus to get people on a plane. Um, oh, oh. It, it was wild. We almost uh, we 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 got them on the plane from a paperwork standpoint by the hair of their chinny chin chin. Oh um, my goodness! But uh, yeah, they're off. And uh, Angela sent me a video this morning of the kids asleep in their hotel bed there in Lima <laughs> just a few uh, minutes ago, and uh, they'll be taking off and flying to uh, her hometown a little later today. And by the time y'all watch this, she'll have been there about a week. But uh, or at least a handful of days, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an wow. adjustment for me. You know, I know that you've had Janet away on trips and things, but the house is lonely. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't even imagine. And you know, Peru is a little further away than typically where Janet goes. When, when's Angela and the kids coming back? Well, I fly down there November 1st, uh, okay. to join okay. them. And so okay. my sister-in-law is getting married. Angela went down to help her sister get ready for the wedding and things. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. So I'll, I'll join up with them in, in about three and a half weeks. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Quiet, quiet. I mean, you're going to get a lot of work done. That's, of course. <laughs> that's what that means. Yeah. yeah well, baseball season's basically over. So, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I guess people are there are pretty excited. You're split Yankees fans, uh, Red Sox fans over there, right? I am. So, yeah. Yeah. I can't stand either team. So I was hoping that they would both <laughs> break, break out in a brawl and the umpire would just call a double forfeit and walk off the field. But 
I would have loved that. I would that's have not what that. happened last night. So, uh, uh. <laughs> anyway, it is what it is. It is what it is. So, well, hey, uh, you know, um, the joke of the week last week. Uh huh. Um, I, I think you won. Okay. Woo-hoo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrate. I don't, maybe we should have like a trophy that goes back and forth between us. But, um, yeah, congratulations on that. I, I'll have to warn you. I pulled out all the stops this week. Okay. So that, so that, uh, I mean, I've got a really, really good joke. So if it doesn't win this week, then I, man, I, I'm probably, it's probably going to be hopeless for a while. So, uh, so I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do so your you're first. Decide which joke I tell and then how, how high up your game you need to take. <laughs> after I, I only brought one. <laughs> so you only brought all, one. Okay. I only brought one. <laughs> so I just want to say up front that those who watch this and know my father, he is known for just telling the world's best jokes. And uh, he is an incredible joke teller. teller. He's been accused of telling corny jokes. I don't know. Uh, when I was a kid, I thought his jokes were the corniest jokes in the world. Now I find them quite funny. So um, <laughs> funny my, how that works. my perspective has changed. All right. My joke of the week is dedicated to my father. And uh, he'll love this joke if he happens to watch. All right. Here it is. What was Moses' wife, Zipporah, known uh, as when she threw dinner parties? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I know I, I went to, we went we went to Bible college. How do I not know this? She was known uh, as the hostess with the Moses. <laughs> okay, I've got that one beat. I've got that one beat. Oh, no, oh, that was goodness. pretty good. No, that's horrible. That, that that's an awful <laughs> joke. Well, okay, I Actually, no, that was pretty funny. Um, but I don't want to say it's funny because I don't want anybody. Of course, I guess if I insult you too much, then the sympathy vote's going to go. That's to right. You. Come on, bring the insults. Uh huh. Okay. No, that was that was a very that was a very dignified cultural. Um, that was a very theological joke. So thank you for that, brother. I'm going to dedicate my joke to Patty Kovalt. Okay. I love you. And uh, yeah, Patty uh, said that yours was be- the better joke last weekend, mm-hmm. which really cut deep because I feel like we were very close to Rick and Patty and the kids and the grandkids and everybody. And uh, I appreciate um, you being objective and not looking at this with, um, you know, some sort of leaning toward your favorite pastor, Pastor King. Well, I think what it is, is that um, I-, I insult her cats. Okay. Uh, she has a cat named Hershey that I, I love to insult. And then the other one, I think his name is Flash, I think. And um, I think that that sounds right. Uh, but anyway, just the fact that I don't remember if it was Flash, then um, um, I think that's the reason why she piled on. But here's my joke. Okay. Why do people eat snails? You know, Escargo, why do people eat snails? Because they don't like fast food. (laughs) (laughs) I got a laugh out of you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That was was, a good joke. Okay. So everybody leave your, leave your comment. Okay. Some people don't like to see their name, uh, you know, on the Facebook page in the comment section. That's fine. Text one of us or somehow let us know, call us and let us know. However, but 
I'll hey, be using yeah. I'll be using a voting machine to uh, tally up <laughs> the votes. So there you go. Text me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Richard, I trust you. I, I can't even fathom that you would lie about something like Never. that. Never. Hey, no. won't you encourage everybody about liking and sharing all that stuff? Yeah. So uh, it really helps us when you uh, like the video, share it to your page, comment below if you're comfortable doing that. Um, you all know how Facebook's algorithm works uh, if you're watching this via Facebook. And uh, the more attention we get, the more likely people are to see this. And we really do believe that uh, the uh, Bible study portion of this is a, can be a great help uh, to people. So we, God's Word has the answers to our problems, and we want uh, the, as many people as possible to be able to see that. So we can be an encouragement to people. So go through that process if you would, like, comment, share all that stuff. Yes. I, I, I've never even heard the word algorithm until just, you know, a few years ago and I still don't really know what it means, but I get it. Okay. So, um, that would be helpful. Hey, you ready to dive in? I sure am. Okay. Uh, who, who went first last time? I don't remember. Well, I think you got two in last week. I got one in. So, uh, okay. Then you go first. Okay. Hey, we're talking about bitterness. All right. And uh, we had a great talk. With, the short talk was shorter last time because uh, we got too much nonsense going on. But we're we started this at nine minutes. So uh, yeah, go right ahead, dive in, try to pick up the best you can where we left off. Well, last week I was emphasizing the source of bitterness, and I had said that bitterness comes from lust and loss, and we define lust as being I want it but God uh, refused it, and then loss being I had it but God removed it, and. When, uh, when things are taken from us or we're told no on something, we can become bitter. Well, what happens after you become bitter? I want to take a few minutes talking about the scourge of bitterness. Um, Psalm chapter 32, verses 3 and 4, the psalmist said, When I kept silence, my bones waxed old uh, through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Selah, or think on this. Uh, here, the psalmist had become bitter uh, toward God and just toward life, and it began to take a toll on his physical health. He talked about how his own body began to hurt, how his bones felt old inside of him, and there was this roaring inside of him. And uh, the moisture even of his body, he, he felt dry on the inside. And uh, when we become bitter, it, it, we oftentimes become bitter because we're, we're trying to get back at someone else. Mm -hmm. And instead of hurting them, we're hurting ourselves. It's like attaching a dead corpse to our body and walking around with it. Um, the other person you're upset with, whether it's God or some person, they're probably not even thinking about you um, unless they're bitter toward you. And then they have th their own problem. So we have to be careful about letting bitterness sit and sour us because it doesn't just affect the body. Uh, it affects our spirit. It affects our soul. It affects mm -hmm. every part of our being and uh, it, it will ruin your life. Um, so I would just encourage you be careful if you are in a place like I was a handful of years ago where you're bitter uh, and you know you're bitter and you don't want to be bitter, fight that battle day in and day out and work past it, work through it. Because if you allow it just to sit uh, in your crawl and you don't deal with it and you just, just excuse it, uh, you justify it, you're going to become a person who's very sour very quick. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Your health will go down. Your spirit goes down. Even your relationship with God or your soul goes down. So be careful about that. Uh, To to, uh, jump onto what you just said, uh, you mentioned justifying it. Um, It's probably a safe thing to say that most people who have become bitter have good reasons for it, you know, and, and you could write those reasons down. You maybe even can take them into a court of law and, you know, and a judge could look at all of your reasons and say, yes, you are right. And they are wrong, uh, you know, and, and yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe so, maybe so. Um, but uh, that, that still doesn't mean that it's, it's good for you to destroy your own life mm-hmm. over, over being right. You know, uh, at some point you just have to say, okay, I'm right. They're wrong, but it's time to move on. Right. It's time to move on. You, Richard, you mentioned, <clears throat> you mentioned that uh, a few years ago, you know, the, a struggle that, that you were going through. And um, I, I've been through a few. Um, I, I was sharing with a, a, a pastor Oh, a week or two ago, uh, we were just talking about some real difficult struggles he's gone. He, he is going through. And I mentioned to him that I've had three seasons in my life where I just kind of hit a valley. And um, the, um, the, the first one, I thought, man, I'm glad I got my big one over with early in ministry. <laughs> and then my second one was bigger than my first one. And, um, and then my third one was bigger than the other two combined. And, and, um, but I, I will say that if you do, if you live long, you're going to have uh, people who, who will hurt you and, and say things about you that are just not true. And, you know, it, it's, it, 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 and I, what I told my pastor friend is it's not just a ministry thing. It, it's, it's a life thing. It, it, it's, it's not just because you're a preacher that somebody is after you or somebody's trying to take you down. It's, it's just, that's just what happens in life. I mean, if you're a, you know, if you're a cashier at Burger King, well, there's probably somebody else that wants to be the cashier that wants to take you down. It's, or um, you could have an employee or rather a customer that just comes in and makes your life miserable on a regular basis, right? For the fun of it. Just for the fun of it. Sure. There are people out there who enjoy they're bitter and they enjoy making other people bitter. Yeah. And if it and here and if it happens in church, there's something that's just so unexpected about that. Mm-hmm. Like the church hurts or the worst hurts. And and when it happens in church, we're just blindsided. It's like it, we expected at Burger King, we expected at the grocery store, we expected at work. But then you you we view church as a haven. And when it happens here, it just, we don't know what to do with it. Um, I'll tell you what I, what I have gone to uh, that um, I, I have said this to myself so many times. I have never been ready to receive it the first time in, in the process, but I always go back to the Sermon on the Mount. And um, Jesus said, uh, ye have heard that hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. <laughs> okay, Everyone's favorite verse. <laughs> yeah, did you have to say that? Bless them that curse you. <sighs> Wouldn't you love to be in the crowd that day and just kind of look around at everybody? You know, this is kind of groundbreaking. Um, do good to them that hate you and pray for them, which despitefully use you and persecute you. And then that's verse 43 and 44. But then verse 46, he said, 
For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? <laughs> I mean, I could read more about that, but you get the idea. He's, he, it, it's easy to love people who are easy to love. It's challenging to love people who are just difficult, complicated, vindictive, angry people. Uh, it's just hard. And But Jesus said we have to do this. So what I would say is, if 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 we are communicating today with somebody who is struggling with bitterness, you have to know that the foundation, one of the foundations of what we believe in as Christians is to love our enemies and to bless them that curse us. That's one of the foundations. You may not emotionally be ready to do that today. And I get that. But you have to know that's where you're headed with this. Okay, you have to heal to the point where you love people that hate you. You have to heal to the point where you can can pray for people. Um, I, there was a point where in my own life where I crossed over a threshold. I was in a prayer time one day, and and a name came to mind. And I started praying for that person's job, that they would do well on their job. I started praying for that person's um, um, personal finances. I knew they had had some financial struggles in the past. I started praying for their their financial struggles. And, you know, and I kind of, and, and a number of things like that, but I heard through the grapevine that that this person had gotten a promotion at work. And I genuinely felt happy for that person. Yeah. And it was at that moment that I realized, I think I've made it. <laughs> I've forgiven him. Yeah. I, I think I've forgiven. I, I, you know, now, do I, do I want to call them up and spend my next vacation with them? No, because I know they're, they're, they would just make the whole thing miserable and weird. And, and, and so I, I don't really have a desire to do that, but I'm happy that they're doing well. You've, you've emotionally let it go. Yes. I, I think of the story of Corey Ten Boone, the woman who oh my her, her and her family, you know, helped yes. uh, help protect the Jews and were caught and her and her sister were put in a concentration camp. And as the story goes, her sister died through a clerical error. She got out and escaped. And um she uh was a Christian woman, loved God, and then began speaking all over the place about her experiences and yeah. how she had forgiven the the men who had uh, you know raped her and hurt her and her, killed her sister and all the horrible things that went on there. And so as the story goes, she finished speaking at one of these uh church meetings, and this was probably 20 years, 30 years after the war ended. And a man walked up to her and said, I know who you are. I was one of the soldiers. Uh, there. And I am so thankful that you have found the power to forgive. And he put his hand out to her to shake it. And she said, everything is my blood began to boil. She said, I thought I had forgiven him emotionally. uh, But when I saw the face, she said, I just didn't, you know, I, I didn't feel it. She said, but I realized at that moment, forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice. And she said, I stuck my hand out there and shook it anyway. And even though I didn't feel it and she said, I was able to forgive him because I made the choice. And then the emotion came along afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she probably still didn't want to go on vacation with the guy. No, you know, no doubt. I, I think, yeah, I think that's the struggle that some, a lot of people have is that they say, okay, I can bring my, my myself to a point of forgiveness, but that, but, but I don't want to be around, <laughs> you know? And, and I think sometimes people feel that tension and, you know, 
it, it, wisdom tells you not to keep walking into a mousetrap. Okay. You know, wisdom keeps, you know, wisdom will just tell you, don't put yourself in harm's way. Wisdom will tell you, um, stay away from circumstances that, that you're going to get, you know, the life beat out of you. Wisdom just tells you that that's, that's, that's what, that's instinct, human instinct. Well, and to to codify what you're saying, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, go right ahead. You're good. I was saying to codify what you're saying. I I heard someone say once that forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. Mm, You can forgive someone and you, but you don't have to trust them. And sometimes limiting your exposure or uh, touches with a person um, is the best way to continue to be able to forgive them. Um, right. Completely, completely. And, uh, you know, just because they have not figured out what they have done wrong, doesn't mean that you can't forgive, you know, um, it, it is a great thing to be able to, to forgive an apology that never comes. You know, we, we all would love for somebody to write us this long letter and say, I did this wrong and that wrong. And I was wrong. You were right. And uh, it, listen, it ain't coming. (laughs) Okay. It's just not coming. They, whatever it is that they did, they did it based on a set of what they thought were facts that made them think that you were deserving. And okay. uh, You'll never be able to plead your case. You'll never be, you just can't, you don't want to, you don't want to go there. You don't want to drag yourself or your family through that kind of nonsense. But you know, yeah. um, Bitterness comes from a lack of closure uh, oftentimes to a past hurt and two ways to get closure is that justice is served on them. Uh, or that they mm-hmm. apologize so that you can you know, adequately apologize so you can forgive. But when that apology doesn't come, that's where Christians have to choose to forgive anyway. Yeah. And and we think that justice being served would would heal that wound. But the truth is that whoever hurt you or hurt someone you, you love, if you saw them drug away in handcuffs and locked up in jail for the rest of their life, that doesn't do that does not erase the fact that they did what they did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, justice served. Well, okay. Uh, we, we, we live in a world that wants justice, but we live in a world that has never had justice since Adam and Eve ate the fruit, you know, um, th- there is no justice. And um, ultimately one day there will be justice. And, and we know that, but the truth of the matter is, is that the wrath of God directed to the person that hurt you was taken by Jesus on Calvary. And well, that weird. That brings me to my next verse here. Yeah. Um, Matthew chapter 18 is a common passage that uh, we run to when we talk about bitterness and forgiveness. The story is mm-hmm. about the uh, man who is forgiven the great debt by uh, the, his, his Lord or the King. And then he goes out and throws a guy in jail who, who um, owed him just a couple of dollars. And Jesus gets down to the very end of that parable. And he tells Uh, his disciples, he says, uh, he says, uh, so likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts, forgive not everyone, his brother, their trespass and uh, trespasses. And what was it that he said he would do? Well, in verse 34 of that chapter, uh, the Bible says, and his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was doing to him. And uh, some people have misinterpreted that to believe that if you don't forgive other people, that God's going to throw you in hell. Mm-hmm. I have found as a pastor uh, and counselor that that is not the case. Uh, yeah. The power of the cross and what God forgives us of when 
Uh, he forgives us of our sin debt and, and saves our soul for, uh, and take it so we can go to heaven. Is such a large debt that it is un, unpayable. We could never, ever pay it. I think the total sum of money laid out in that parable is in the billions or trillions of dollars. That man had no chance of paying that back, just like we don't have any chance of paying our sin debt back. And when we take up God on that deal of having our sins expunged, our debt forgiven, so that we can go to heaven, and then we, we, we don't want to turn around and forgive others, God finds that as such a horrible, horrible transgression against his grace that I found, I have found that people who refuse to forgive, not, are, not that the ones that are battling and trying, but those ones who just refuse to give over a long period of time, I have found that God delivers them over to mental tormentors. Mm-hmm. Um, that they just struggle with irrationality, emotional irrationality, yeah. you know? There's a, there's a battle there that goes on in their heart because they refuse to forgive. And, and it's as though that that's how God is, is punishing them for not letting it go. I don't say that to fear monger, but I do say that to say, if you are in a spot right now where you're filled with, with vitriol and bitterness towards someone, listen, we all get it. We've all been there, but, but fight the fight and focus on the cross and what Jesus did for you to forgive you. Um, so that you could take advantage of heaven one day. I think um, I think that if we were all to be honest with each other, we would have to admit that we have hurt people as well. And um, I don't know that I've ever intentionally hurt anybody, but I do know I have accidentally hurt people. And I have tried my best to to make it right whenever I know that I have done it. But I have found people that I have hurt that I didn't know even know about. And... You know, Richard, if somebody walked in here right now and, and said, here's here's $10,000, go over there and hurt Richard's feelings. On one hand, I would not take it. On the other hand, I would, and then maybe split it with you later. <laughs> but it's like, we don't want to hurt anybody. We don't, but we do. And, um, and sometimes, you know, our hurt is because we think we're doing right based on what facts that we have been given. And it's just not always the case. And um, let's see, we got, we got three and a half minutes here. Can, let me just throw one, one verse out here real quick here. Uh, Matthew six and another, um, sermon on Mount verse, uh, Matthew six fourteen. for if you forgive men, their trespass, your heavenly father will forgive you also. And that, that goes right along with the parable that you just shared from Matthew 18. But, um, the word trespass is, is used here. If you forgive men, their trespass, um, Hey, to when you know when when we're out and about, you know, doing our you know neighborhood canvassing with gospel literature and things like that, sometimes we'll see signs no trespassing. It just means that here is a place that you are not allowed to go, and um, you know, so I just I just stay away. You know what what they mean by that is leave me alone, okay? Or if they put a no soliciting sign, they mean leave me alone. That's what they, you know, that's what they they mean by that, and. Um, Sometimes people overstep their bounds. Okay. In my life, I've, I've got a, there are areas of my life that are no trespassing that you, you can't go there. Okay. You, you, this, there are some things you can say, or you can't say about me, or there's something that you can't say about my family. You, you can't, there are just some things you just can't say. And when someone does, they have trespassed. They, they went too far and they, they pushed it just a little bit too far. They, they got out of bounds 
and everybody, we all have different boundaries. The problem is where I put my boundaries are not exactly where you put your boundaries. Okay. And, and um, I, listen, I, I know a preacher who picks on his wife all the time publicly. Okay. I don't do that. <laughs> okay. I just, I don't do that. I don't I've like never sleeping done. on the couch. So. Uh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, but he does it, you know, his boundaries in a different place that where I, from where I, you know, you and I've had private conversations about this before, you know, that we just don't. And so when somebody steps into my life and they get in a, an area that I'm not comfortable with, they have trespassed against me. Okay. And Jesus said, you, you have to forgive people for doing that. You just have to forgive people for doing that. Is it something that can happen quickly? Absolutely not. But it's something that has to happen. It's something we just have to know that that's, that's where we're headed with this. So um, yeah. I think we're, we're, you want to spend another week on this next, I next week? I think it would be good. I have some more thoughts I'd like to share. But yep. as we get ready to part ways uh, with you all today, I just want to say that if you were to walk into a doctor's office with a, a nasty cold or pneumonia, they would give you uh, a prescription to get filled at the uh, at the pharmacy, so you could get better. The prescription for uh, for bitterness is forgiveness, and mm-hmm. forgiveness does not release them; it releases you. And Amen. so, please, Amen. please, please, fill that prescription this week. Focus on the cross and how God forgave you, even though you didn't deserve it. And learn to begin the process of making the choice, even if you don't feel like it. Make the choice to forgive others and take that one step at a time. I would encourage you to spend time this week reading about the crucifixion of Christ, focus on what he went through for us and uh, let that be an encouragement to you this week. We'll pick up this topic next, next Monday and look at it one more time. But uh, we enjoyed having you as part of our podcast today. God bless you.